Chuck Rowland Varda. Chuck Rowland, go ahead. I'm on scene at 108 South 17. We've got uh, light smoke showing from a single-story commercial building. Working fire, make it a regular alarm. Engine one upon arrival. Let's uh, let's see if we can get in. Let's see if there's an FDC in the back before we do anything here. I'll be establishing 17th Street uh, Command. Regular alarm at 5 Proud Productions. I'm your humble host, Jim Farrell, and I'd like to welcome all of our listeners today. Thanks for being here with us. I got uh, I got my dog, Dolly, with me today. Dolly, can you say hello? Can you say hello? There you go. Good girl. Dolly will be spending some time with us while we while we do this show. She's, uh, she's one of those rescues, but it's one of those, like, who rescued who type thing. Anyway, welcome back to the show, Justifiably Proud Productions. Remember, if you have something you'd like to share with us, please email me at justifiablyproudproductions at gmail.com, and we'll we'll gladly uh, listen to any suggestions you have, or maybe, maybe suggestions for a guest or suggestions on a topic. So on the platform that I'm on for, for doing the podcast stuff, um, the platform allows me to see where the downloads are coming in from around the around the globe, actually. And um, I'm sitting here looking at this globe tonight, and I, I've been thinking about all week the the kind of content we're we were going to try to have this week. This is the last show we'll probably have in February. But I'm looking at the map of this globe, and you know, so many downloads from North America. Um, couple from Asia, but I'm noticing more and more are coming from Europe, and I'm sitting here looking at this map thinking, man, you know, um, with what happened this morning over in Ukraine, you know, I didn't I didn't want the show to become opinionated, but I just want people in Europe to know that at least the Farrell family's thinking about you. Um, we hope that during this time, you know, hopefully it gets resolved quickly, but during this time that if justifiably can provide some some sort of escape for you to to check out and listen, you know, I hope that I hope that helps in some way, shape, or form. Um, everybody I visited with today uh, was either saddened, angry. Um, there was some selfishness too. I mean, I saw some stuff on on some of the social media about crypto markets and stock markets and this and that. But when I got up super early this morning around around 3.30 or so, and I, I started listening to my, I like to listen to a show, a late night show, you know, one of those alternative ones that talks about all all different kinds of interesting stuff, UFOs and and psychic stuff and politics, and it's it's really good show, and I've been listening to it since the 90s, but, you know, the first thing I do when I turn it on is I'm hearing that, that this invasion happened, and I, I'm saddened by it in a, 
it that's how it was all day today thinking about the people over in Europe and and what's going on you know we're I just pray that there's hope for humanity so the other morning the other day I was called out to a, a fire in my community it was an unfortunate incident I was asked to come support the incident and bring some supplies and as I'm walking away um as I'm walking away, the fire investigator, I'm going back to my truck. I wasn't even leaving the scene, but he says, hey, chief, where are you going? I said, oh, I'm just going back to my truck. He goes, you're not trying to pull the Irish goodbye, are you? And I'm like, no, if it was the Irish goodbye, trust me, you wouldn't know it. And he started laughing. So I wanted to kick off today's episode with um, what's the word? Give me a what's the word? What's the word, man? And I'm going to introduce to those listeners that may not be aware of what the Irish goodbye is. Now, the Irish goodbye is something that can't be learned overnight. It takes many, many years of practice. I feel like I've perfected it. Um, it's, according to this article I'm about to read and share with you all, it's apparently rude. But uh, i got to tell you, it's a whole lot of fun. So, according to ABC News, the Irish goodbye, which I guess nowadays to the kids is called ghosting, it's still frowned upon by etiquette experts. According to this article in um, 2014, it says it's a slang phrase rumored to have originated in the Northeast. An Irish goodbye refers to a person ducking out of a party, social gathering, or very bad date without bidding farewell. Other common names for the same type of silent departure include the French exit and Dutch leave, all of which hint at negative ethno-cultural stereotyping. But one possible theory behind the Irish goodbye nickname offered on hub pages infuses it with historical significance. It attributes the phrase to the potato famine of 1845 to 1852 when many Irish fled their homeland for America. At the time, distance and technology meant that when someone went to America, they were gone forever and it was unlikely they would ever again speak to or see friends or family back home. The departure was sudden and absolute. It is all also plausible, the site states, that immigrants left for America without telling anyone that they, what they were up to, thereby saving themselves sad, protracted goodbyes and leave-taking. Of its many subrocates, sub, ghosting is certainly the most innocuous, but that the practice is considered rude by any name, according to etiquette experts at the Emily Post Institute. As you're leaving a party, make sure to say goodbye and thank you to each one of your hosts, advises the Emily Post Institute and its online party name, uh, Manners Primer. If they're not by the door, seek them out and thank them personally before you go. Still, not everyone agrees. Um, if one su suspects he or she may need to bail out of a bash, why not simply say so beforehand? Again, the Emily Post Institute suggests that clear communication would help prevent hurt feelings. Well, let me tell you, folks, just like in a, you know, preparing for disaster, you need to have an exit strategy and you need to have two ways out. I'm always impressed with getting on an airplane and they always tell you that your nearest exit may not be in front of you, it may be behind you. And I'd like to encourage individuals when you're at a sporting event, a nightclub, church, um, there's a lot of people jam-packed that you have an exit strategy, always. And sometimes the best way to leave is the Irish goodbye. So that concludes what's the word for this week. Continuing on and thinking about what I wanted to, what, what kind of content I wanted to have this week. Um, been reflecting a little bit about, about the, 
the time I you know the time I spent growing up in St. Louis, Missouri, along with my my career time as a firefighter. And I just wanted to share a little bit about an interesting um, what is now a mascot of the St. Louis University. It's known as the Billiken. And there's some significance to the Billiken. I'm going to read to you a little bit off of the St. Louis University website. And and trust me, I mean you're going to be like, what the what the heck's a Billiken? But you'll see you'll see where I'm going with this. What is a Billiken? The Billiken is a mythical good luck figure who, before he was the St. Louis University's mascot, he was a national sensation, a figure who was reproduced as dolls, marshmallow candies, metal banks, hat pins, pickle forks, belt buckles, auto hood ornaments, salt and pepper shakers, bottles, and more. To buy a Billiken back in the day uh, gives the purchaser luck, but to have one given to you is better luck. No one is, no one is sure exactly when the Billiken first became linked to St. Louis University. So I remember asking my dad, and my dad was a as a alumni of the St. Louis University High School. And um I remember asking him what is a what is what does the Billiken represent, Dad? Because it was apparently it was a big part of the World's Fair in nineteen oh let me not mess this up. Well let me just say that Florence Pretz, a Missouri art teacher and illustrator, patented her design for an image of the Billiken in nineteen oh eight. Miss Pretz later told the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, I concluded, if there is a chance that we shape our own lives and my clay was mine to fashion as I would, I might as well make an image which embodied hope and happiness to sort of live up to. So reading on about the Billiken, here's the kicker. When I asked my dad what does it mean, he said, it means the way things ought to be. And it says that right here on this website. What is a Billiken? The Billiken is a mythical good luck figure who represents things as they ought to be. So fast forward it, fast forward many, many years, 20, 22 years into my, my final destination for my career. And I remember those days when, when many of us would sit on the bumper of the pumper and, or the aerial and talk about the way, the way our organization should be, the way our community should be. You know, um, for many of us, um, many of us were so passionate about what we did that sometimes it's all we thought about. And I, I don't know that that was always necessarily healthy, and it's taken me a long time to get a balance there. But the way things ought to be. I mean, I remember being a young firefighter and sitting there thinking, man, if we would just get the right leader, or if we would just get the right equipment, or if we would just get the right technology, you know. And so, fast forward 22 years later, those same people that I was sitting on that bumper with were now at the top. All of us are now at the top. And it's like, okay, we're here now. Like, people are looking at us now to make, make choices and make decisions that are going to better our community. All of us agree. I think I think I can speak for everybody that's a part of my team. We want to leave the place better than we found it, you know? But... You start seeing you start seeing how things operate and how the wheels of government don't necessarily turn the quickest. That but that doesn't mean that we should let off the gas, in my opinion. And I think that um, that passion that carries many of us throughout our careers, whether whether you're in nursing, you know, border patrol, um, a politician, you know, a teacher. No matter what you do in, in for your career or your livelihood, you know, 
I don't know that it's ever time to, to take off the gas. Let me give you an example. I had a, uh, a captain, when I, when I was recently promoted, I had a captain below me who happened to get hired, I think, in 1979. I looked up his date the other day. He was hired in 1979. I was three years old when he got hired. And for as long as I known him, I looked at the promotional list the other day because he he recently retired and he he took um, he took the promotional test for deputy chief before he left. And I looked at his promotional date from when he made captain, and it was it was like three months after I got hired in the department he made captain. And for as long as I've known him, up until the day he left, I mean he was mashing the gas. Um, there's certainly parts of everybody that. Um, we can remember, but what I remember most about him is that he, he, he kept full throttle all through his career. And it was, it was just, it was just overwhelming to see, um, the day it was time to go, it was time to go, you know? And sometimes I think we don't take advantage of our leaders and the people as we're, as we're coming up to, to capture what they have to offer. Um, and I think it's it's important that uh, we look at the way, you know, we, we reflect back on how we felt things ought to be. And when you get into those positions, um, try to do your best to to look back and see what you, remember what you wanted it to be, you know? There's certainly decisions that are made for political reasons. There's certainly decisions that are made because of monetary reasons but at the end of the day I think that uh, if you got somebody who cares about you you know what more could you ask for I used to have this uh, saying on the dry erase board in my office when I was in the training division that said nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care and I looked it up today to see who can take credit for that, and apparently it was uh, President Roosevelt. That uh, although it can't be cited to him, they they pretty pretty much everything points that he was the one who said that. And it's true. I think if if we set the example and try to let people know how much we care, and not by telling them, but by showing them, you know, I think we can leave everything in a better better state than when we got here. You know. Um. I like to encourage people in our industry and all all walks of life to take the time to show somebody some knowledge you have or take, take the time to help somebody along the way, you know? Take five minutes to help show somebody that something you learned that it, it can be passed on. Don't, um, don't just let people leave without, without capturing the, the good and the bad, you know? There's, there's stuff that, I believe there's leadership attributes that, you know, there's there's people that you take some good and some bad from, and you can learn from everybody. And um, I think that uh, if you do that, you're going to be a lot more successful. So as I leave you here tonight, I'd like to just challenge you to take the moment to think about the way things ought to be. Think about it in your career. Think about it at home. Think about it all over the world. And see if there isn't something you can do to help somebody along the way. Ladies and gentlemen, remember your escape routes. Don't forget the Irish goodbye. And we'll see you next time on Justifiably Proud Productions. 
Take care now. Good night. Whoa!